Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports. For this year's pro basketball playoffs, BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered on all your sports wagering needs, basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right to UFC and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And joining us on the Carne Asada is one of the in-game hosts at Dodger Stadium, and also a star of radio, television, and voiceover work. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Dave Styles. Como estas, amigo? Thank you. People. <laughs> nice to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on. Nice to see your faces. Uh, Dave, I, you know, for all, all our listeners or the people watching on YouTube... I'm sure you guys recognize Dave because for me, um, even though he is now the third uh, Dodger Stadium in-game host, for me, he is the one that is the most recognizable. When I think of Dodger Stadium in-game hosts, it's it's you. You're So whenever I see another dude on there, I'm always just like, where's Dave? Why, 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 wow. why is Dave not here? So, Dave, I'm kind of curious. Uh, can you fill in with our listeners? How long have you been doing this gig now, and how did you get it? First of all, nice setup and nice save for having me there <laughs> as the third. That was nice. That was a very nice thing for you to say, and, it, and it, little little things like that do mean a lot. Um, um, what was the question again? I forgot already. How long have I been there? How long have you been doing this now, and how did you get this job? So the 2013 season was my first, so this is my... I mean, technically 11th, but of course we weren't there for 2020, but I'm going with it. 11 years. Um, I was doing a radio show that that broadcasted to Australia at the time. It was a, like a specialty show, weekly show. And the guy who produced it like behind the scenes also happens to be the marketing director at Dodgers and said, hey, we're going to try this new thing. Um you know, to focus on fan connection and stuff like that. You want to come in and, and try out for this and, and do an audition and see if you want to do it. It's like, and be on a baseball field during the summer. Absolutely. And so I came in there and uh, auditioned on that, on that day. And they, they stuck us in the reserve level. It was just me and one other person, uh, Courtney Jones. And uh, it was me, her, a camera guy and, uh, and a director. And they said, go. And we did a little run through and there you go. They gave me a key card. And see, this is how good you are, Dave, because I have no recollection of Courtney Jones, but Dave Styles sticks into my head. Like whenever I hear the name Dave Styles, I automatically associate it with Dodger Stadium. Alicia, am I wrong? Is there anybody else that you associate as an in stadium host? You're on you're on mute, Alicia. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. <laughs> no, um Dave Dave is I'm like you, what you said in the beginning one. When you see some other guy up there, I'm like, wait, what, where am I? What's happening right now? Mm -hmm. Like, it, it does throw me off for a second, but I get it. You know, got to share. You also have other gigs. You can't be there for every game, you know? I would like to. Just oh, putting really? that out there. I would like to. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, I understand the need for, for, uh, you know, to be frank, let's mix it up. We need diversity. We need our hosts to, since our job is to communicate with the fans and be conversational with the fans. I think it's important for our uh, our hosts to look like the people in the stands. And LA is such a, you know, that that fame that common line, a melting pot of all different people. Um, I think that's important. So I get it. I understand it. The need for that. Um, but damn it, I want to be there every game. 
Look at you. Well, then yeah. they, they should offer you a big fat contract, like Mookie <laughs> or something, right? Like a Mookie contract. Um, Let's put that in the universe. Yeah, right? I mean, Cor Courtney Jones was the first one that was there, and I learned an incredible amount for her. She she was only there for I think a couple of years, and she went on to doing uh, sports in Florida. So it wasn't the end goal for for her to do that. Um, so it's it's and maybe you know again you're saying such nice things, but. The fact that I've been there for so long and a lot of the other hosts have been kind of a revolving door of, of people coming in and out. Um, uh, that maybe that's why it's familiar. I don't know. Can't get rid of me. I'm going to age out. Of, I'm going to age out of this thing at some point, though, right? <laughs> no, but you seem very comfortable and you seem to just get along with everyone. Isn't that the point? Right. Like you. I don't know if it's from your radio career or that's just how, you know, your mama raised you. But. Um, you and I have history from our mm -hmm. careers in radio, and you always made me feel like you were, you know, talking to me. And so, what, 75,000 fans at Dodger Stadium, and you have to go and, and talk to them. And I, I'm just saying, don't don't take it lightly that you do connect with people. This is a big deal. And that's why Juan wanted to make sure that we got a chance to talk to you. And mm -hmm. and shoot, 11 years is awesome because I bet you have some stories about how it used to be at Dodger Stadium to how it is now, right? I mean, can we just start with, is Dodger Stadium a better experience than, than it was 11 years ago? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, well, you tell me. Uh, obviously, I got there when a lot of the changes just happened. Um, like the... I remember my first day there was opening day and it was when we were able to reveal the, the new scoreboards, you know, cause before it just looked like a big iPhone with uh, black and orange were basically the colors or black right. and yellow. Um, and then we just kind of went and now, and, psh, and they, they smashed it. And all of a sudden it was full color. Blue man group came out from center field. And uh, <laughs> I remember that day. So that's kind of, I was there for the, the beginning of the change. And then through the years uh, seeing how even the experience of being there has changed, you know, with center field plaza and uh, the the seating over the bullpen, um, I think it's I think it's really incredible um, how they've how they've changed that experience, but still maintaining the the history of Dodger Stadium without you know building a whole new one. Um, but I don't know is is it different? I mean, it it's the the job itself is it's interesting um, because I think with you know maybe I'm not the one to answer the question about why they're even doing a hosted. Uh, kind of segments and stuff like that. But in, in my experience in it, there's aside from the players, there's nothing more important um, with that Dodger logo in, in that stadium than the fans. And it, it's, it's, it's so important to keep them connected instead of just putting stuff on the big screen and throwing information at you. Hey, come on this day. Cause there's a bobblehead uh, come over, you know, throwing information at you instead. Let's figure out a way to communicate. This is obviously very familial and there's a togetherness from from these people who come to games, either one or two games a year or season ticket holders, let's figure out a way to talk to them and incorporate them and make them a part of this more. Um, and that hooked me. I, I'm in because I love, like you said, the radio connection, the finding ways to connect uh, with somebody is, is so important. It's, it's, well, it's the best. I don't want you to think that I was throwing you under the bus. I meant just in general as a fan yeah. I think it's a lot better <laughs> and it keeps getting better. And I mean, Juan, don't we, this is a consistent uh, belief or it's a running line here. We are spoiled as Dodger fans. And, sure. and I think having you guys out there giving us prizes and keeping us engaged and, you know, all those people, the fans that are like, the games are too long. Well, no, I mean, you guys help keep the game going in between mm. the stuff. So I just meant, is it better for fans? I don't want you to think I would ever ask you to say anything oh. bad about your boss. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I, I, I would, I came many times two games prior, but, um, you know, looking at through a different lens now, I guess it would be hard to say if it, if it is better. So hopefully it's better. Hopefully it's a lot better. Hopefully fans feel more a part of it and not just passengers in it, you know, uh, like spectators, you, you know, it's, it's, there's there's almost a the la hollywood theatrical side to it and the fans are part of the show you know that and that's they want to know like when you're if when you're up in the blue seats and the reserve level top of the park you're already far away so it's important to pull you in and you know maybe explain to them why is fallout boy throwing the first pitch you know what <laughs> let's talk to them on the big screen and <laughs> and and tell you why and, and really that that's our job is to 
or connecting the dot. The dot is what's happening at the stadium or with the team and you. It's not about us. I, I'm not big fan of the word host, to be honest, because I'm not really hosting anything. I'm just the middle dot to let me break down this information and put it in a conversational way so that everybody in the stadium can understand it. Whatever it is, you know, upcoming promotions, you know, they talk about kids run the bases after the game. Well, what does that mean? Let me tell you, it's what it is. It's kids five uh, to 14 go behind home plate or uh, outfield after the game. They'll walk you through, you know, let me tell you how it is and what it is and connect you more to it. So I'm just the middle dot. That's it. Well, one, I would you say it's a better experience? Look, absolutely. I've been one of those guys that, you know, I usually get early because I get there early because I hate traffic and I hate being late to the game Hmm. and the changes that they have made to Dodger stadium. Now, especially with the speed of play, and I want to get your thoughts on that uh, later on, Dave, but I I think what they've done, especially with the center field plaza, and it is now a hangout spot where before it was like, let's just get there before the first inning. Now people are getting there lining up, and it's not just because of the giveaways, but people are lining up right when the gates open because you can hang out. And, yeah, I, I think, Dave, the fact that you guys are perform- uh, providing information, you're providing entertainment, it makes that time fly from when they get into the stadium to when the actual game starts. I think it's a tribute to your talent in this because I think what you do is very difficult. And I know I could not do it. You know, sometimes you think, oh, how hard can it be to just talk to people and, and just be yourself? It's a skill. And I know you don't like the word host, but hosting is a skill because some people can make it look very natural while other people are stiff and you're just, you feel the awkwardness coming through and you're just looking at yours going like, what what is happening here? Because what you are doing is a live television show every night and you have experience being on the radio, but I think it's different when you're in person, when you're interviewing a fan, you don't know what's going to come out of their mouth or primarily this is something that I want to get your thoughts on when you're live. You know, I think sometimes we get caught up in the moment. We want to be funny. We make an off the cuff, you know, we say something off the cuff that if we were with amongst our friends, we'd probably get a chuckle or we'd get like, Ooh, you probably shouldn't have said that. But when you're hosting in front of a whole bunch of people and you say something that's maybe an off color joke, I mean, how aware are you as you are doing a live show of what is coming out of your mouth? Do you censor yourself or is it, have you caught yourself sometimes going, oh no, I just lost my job. Um, I, I have more of, um, I mean, again, Alicia, we've known each other for a long time. You probably know I have a slightly off and almost uh, inappropriate sense of humor (laughs) sometimes. So I do have to be careful. Um, but I'm also hyper aware of who I'm talking to. And I, I do spend time looking around at the crowd before. And, and who am I talking to? I'm talking to that family over there. They're eating a hot dog or that guy. He's still trying to find his seats. So I always have to keep that in mind. But boy, oh, it's tough sometimes. Because, But what I've learned um, is sometimes you don't have to say it. A quick glance to the camera. The fans know probably what I'm going to say they'll finish the joke. They'll finish the comment. Just give them a quick little, I'm with you on that thought. That's all you need sometimes. Um, But you know what is, there are times where I have said stuff that it's like, I shouldn't have said that. And our system is on a little bit of a delay. It's like a half a second delay. So not only do I experience myself saying it, I get to hear it (laughs) half a second later. And it's like, Oh no, that's, and then I go upstairs to the, uh, the press area. And then I get a couple of little uh, winks or a couple of, uh Oh, comments but but I, you know i don't think i've said anything i hope at least that, to offend anybody but I, I think i've learned just that little that little smirk to the camera is all you need have you ever had an experience with one of those fans that the show's about them and you can't rein them in they have completely wrestled control from you or are you that much a professional dave that that never happens that's why you never give a fan the microphone never <laughs> rule number one never give them control and honestly most of the time during uh contests especially in between innings because we're limited to 
like the cap shuffle and all the kind of fun fan cams and all that stuff we're we're limited to that clock in between so we've got to knock all that stuff we've got the intro the sponsors and the setup and the outro whatever like that so the fan really never says anything we th- they very rarely like the, when they're doing the cap shuffle i don't get their name where are you from do you think you'll do well no no no. just give me the number at the end of the game and off you go and i, I just kind of run it so um but Same. you know pre, yeah pre pre-game is a little a little more loose and uh you know if they want to just go crazy a little bit let them have it that's you know that's <laughs> it's their moment and even if we're doing something on camera and somebody's behind us trying to go eh, I grab them. I say, come in here. If you want some attention, come in here. Let's have everybody meet you. Come here. What's your name? And then they kind of go, oh, nothing. And they leave. Um, (laughs) So I think you have to lean into it for the most part. But yeah, rule number one, never give them the mic. Um, In terms of working with your co-hosts, you you had mentioned that the number of co-hosts has increased now. Mm -hmm. When you started, it it was a different number. Now we see a wide variety uh, of different uh, hosts. I have a couple questions for you. One, I, I appreciate you making the statement that it's important that the hosts reflect what the stadium looks like. And I think in certain circles, people will probably say, oh, stop being woke, Dave, you know, but right. I, it feels genuine uh, on your part. Mm-hmm. So being that this is a podcast that's hosted by a bunch of Latinos, I want to get your opinion on this. The majority of the fans in that stadium are Latinos, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would so, think. Am I, am I wrong? I, I, that's what it feels like to, to, to us. So when you're working with a different co-host, how do you build chemistry? Because you don't, I mean, how often do you work with the same person? It's tough. And it's probably, um, I'm probably not a great person to work with um, because I'm <laughs> not used to working in a, team show i know alicia's done like morning radio so you're used to working with people and knowing when to just be quiet um i'm used to working alone so and in radio there's there's panic moments where silence is like i gotta fill the silence so i'm probably not great to work with because i they don't get to jump in as much um but it's it's tough you don't get to build up a lot of um chemistry because you're only working with since we have like six or seven hosts you're only working with that person maybe four times a year um, so it's up to those couple of hours that we have before the game and we kind of go over things. But, yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's a challenge for sure. Hey, Alicia, he said that he knows when you you know when to be quiet. Is that true? Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> this is about Dave Styles. OK, uh, <laughs> I've certainly uh, take took a, a couple of years to detox from my news and radio mindset. Um, I was, I think I was too quiet and maybe now I'm overboard. I interrupt and, and blurt out things and wish I had, can take things back. So I'm definitely not one to, <laughs> to, um, shy away. Mm-mm. No, look at Diggles. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, she's not. She's not. I've had her on camera there with me a few times and it's, it's really funny. Um, it's really uh, cute. I have to push her out of the shot because she's so beautiful that she makes us look ugly. And I'm like, get out of here. You're making us no. look bad. You're bringing us down. Oh, no. um, but, you know, working with all the different hosts, it's it's interesting because you do learn like every host has a strong point. I think um, like there's my favorite person to work with. Um, well, the others are going to kill me for saying it, but is Jess Rosales. And I think her and I, um, because she is she I've learned so much from her. I think she is easily our best host. Uh, by far. Um, I've learned an incredible amount from her. Um, she knows she knows the information. It's so important that you know who's in front of you, that being the Dodgers. You take the time. You do the work. If you need to know five things, learn seven. And she is one of these other people who really get that, and she and she really respects and has the knowledge, especially on the, on the sports side of things. So I think me and her together are great because I kind of lean more into the the experience, uh, the, the fan experience of buying the tickets, parking, walking in and going to your seat. And that's the stuff that I love. And, and I'm really tuned in on. I want to tell you exactly where the best top of the park has the best store or left field plaza has this and that. And she's really baseball. So I think that's a good combination. Um, but it, yeah, everybody has kind of their own strengths. So it's I, I think we've we've learned to figure out, OK, you're going to talk about this because you know how to pronounce that. I'm going to F that up for sure. <laughs> you intro the mariachis because I'm not going to get that right ever. 
<laughs> but, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun challenge though. And you know, there are times when I'm working with somebody who is similar to me. So I, I you know, I, I learn something new out of necessity. So. I think you are very easy to work with. And even though your career in radio has been pretty much solo, I mean, when we first met, you still, there are people in the building. So I guess maybe you're referring to when you're actually on, right? Like mm -hmm. when you are broadcasting, when you are. And I feel like at Dodger Stadium, do you ever, I mean, this is, forgive me ahead of time if this is inappropriate, but do you get like bathroom breaks or what if you want to eat a Dodger dog or <laughs> like what what yeah. happens if you're surrounded by people who now know your face? Like, what do you have to do? <laughs> it, it's not, it ain't like that. It, it, it's uh, it, nobody's surrounding me and, and trying to, it's not, it's not like that. I walk by, I do a, a fist bump to people that, the regular people that we see all the time, you know, like, like Alan Dodger dog and, and, uh, you know, uh, we love uh, Alan. Beer salt Bob. <laughs> um, you know, all these guys, uh, it's this familial, this, uh, very familial vibe. And that's the kind of punching in it, you know, and every now and then we'll do pictures, but you know, I, I feel uncomfortable in that only because who am I? I, this is LA. I'm not a musician. I'm not Adam Levine. I'm not a, I'm not Wookie Betts and stuff. And so I, I, I've always been kind of weird in that I'll do it. Obviously. Um, I just, feel i don't know i feel silly um but no oh my god i, I have you plenty of time to, to eat dogs in. dogs Sorry? <laughs> the what you don't have to hold it in like you can take off and take a minute and, and oh yeah yeah oh I, I pee before we start <laughs> and uh, after we're done with pregame i i go straight up to the the press area and pee i've got like when we're done before first pitch i don't really have to do anything to about the third inning so i usually go up and camp out with Todd Lights and DJ Severe just kind of hang out with those guys and uh, very cool. Um, yeah, they're like my my brothers up there. It's, it's really neat. And and I do my little snacking. I have to bring my own because boy, those sweet and salty snacks they have there are a little bit too delicious, and they catch up with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there's a lo there's a lot of downtime. Um, yeah, for sure. DJ Severe, he's a friend of the Carne Asada. Um, were you there supporting him at the Chris Taylor golf um, or top yeah. golf event? Yeah. I said golf foundation. <laughs> yeah, I did see you there. That is very cool. Does, do you um, try to like, because you're also from radio. Do you try to throw songs at him? Like throw this in, throw, do you request songs? Are you that fanboy, or are you just let oh him? Oh my God. <laughs> not in, per not in person, but I bombard the hell out of this guy over text. <laughs> and um and he said he loves it because i'll listen to like i really get into like spotify's discover weekly playlist every monday i, I and i kind of go through it or whatever songs i hear on fifa that would sound good i'm, I'm a big fifa player on xbox um and, and i almost thinking oh my god that would sound good when the fans are on the on the camera and i so i'll send him <laughs> some stuff and i've heard him use some stuff or this is the perfect walk-up or the perfect uh lineup music and so i'm po constantly um, pounding him with songs in in text cool. but in person he doesn't listen to me ever <laughs> no in person yeah in it, over over his twitch stream and in person he's not taking any of my requests ever that's so, funny um, now we but know. yeah he's he's a class guy i remember meeting him the first time at, at the stadium and ever since then we had a good bond so Aww. he's a good guy we've got we've actually got a uh don't ask me the contents but we've got a group text between uh me Severe Todd Lights and Dieter Rule. Um, so we have a little little group text going. <laughs> Dieter Rule, I just love yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because Dieter has actually exited the, the the text a couple of the chat a couple of times. <laughs> You'll see a conversation, and he'll say Dieter has left the chat. <laughs> Was it something I said? <laughs> usually, probably, um, no, usually is something that we say. So, but we reel him back in. But it's it's real cool. He's super cool. Yeah. I um I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us. And I was gonna interrupt my co-host Juan when you brought up the mariachis, but what are your thoughts on the mariachis? We ask everybody that comes in, and most people answer the same way. There's no right or wrong answer, but remember that you're on the Bleed Los podcast. So what are your thoughts on the mariachis? Uh I feel like we're hearing more and more of, of mariachi music and we have a lot of diverse music programming. What do you think? 
I think it's fantastic. I think it's a great way for people who maybe have never experienced that um, in person. Maybe they've heard the CDs or heard on radio, but to experience it in person, it's just a whole nother, whole nother deal. And, and that crew, by the way, that the uh, I'm not I can't pronounce any of it. I'm so <laughs> bad at it. Um, and out of respect to them, I won't even try. But they're so nice and they're so great and fun to be around. Um, I think it's I think it's very important part. And it absolutely should be there. And I love that um, what they do now on uh, on Taco Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Uh-huh. Yeah, what they do now is they open up like the Centerfield Plaza area. Uh, you can show up like two. I sound like I'm doing a promo. You, you can show up for two hours before the game, and they've got tacos and the mariachis are out there playing to set that to set that vibe in the Centerfield Plaza, like Juan was talking about. And, and I, it's so vital. I think it's important. I think it's fantastic, especially when they when they pop up in the middle of an inning. You know, and maybe we just went down by a couple of runs and it's a good pick me up. It's great. For sure. So, yeah, all for it, that. for sure. So you do, you you totally have first, you know, front row seats all over the stadium to how excited most of the Dodger fans get when the mariachis start playing, yeah? You can hear it. Oh, yeah, you can hear it. That that area that I stand in most of the time um, when I'm not doing something with Todd and and Dieter is it's it's up above home plate. Um, and it's in the kind of press area, but there's no, there's no window. So it's actually out. It's like a balcony. And so we have, we pick up all the atmosphere and it's in it. It's the, in the, uh, you know, behind home plate, you really, it's a collection of all the noise from every part of the stadium. It just collects right there. And, uh, you, you just hear it get super loud when you, when you hear those guys start. Yeah. I think it's great. I'm gonna even if we're losing, like I said, huh? don't even put that in the universe. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. right. Yeah. I'm about to bug my co-host with this question because I try to ask everybody that comes on our podcast. Uh-oh. But since we're on the fan experience before we moved on to the actual season, um, what do you think about the wave? And don't think about it too much, but what are your thoughts on the wave? I've never really known sports without it. I um, mean, I grew up with it living in Seattle. Um, I grew up in Seattle, so I grew up going to the Kingdom as a Mariner fan. This was, you know... It, Mark Langston, uh, Spike Owen, uh, you know, some of those players in the early, Harold Reynolds, Alvin Davis, that kind of era, early, uh, early eighties. I'm dating myself now. Um, so then that was always there that always existed. So it puts people in a great mood. I always try to capture it on, on my Instagram stories. It's just, it's fun. It's a participate way for fans to participate. And for me, that is all I care about getting them involved. Yeah, if they don't want to do it, don't do it. Don't do it. Exactly. <laughs> but we, sit down. We've had some I could... guests that really like do not like the way. <laughs> Why? You know what I've seen? I think the I've seen pushback from it, but the only pushback I've seen is from people calling it the Mexican wave. Oh, I've never heard that. Never heard yeah. That. Which I don't again, who cares? Call it whatever the hell you want. Call it stand up and throw your hands up in the air. Just do it if you want to do it. But that's the only time I've ever seen people pushing back on it on social. Yeah. I think, well, that's a first for me, you two. Yeah. One, I, yeah, I, I've never heard it referred to as. That I know of is they say that when the fans that are starting it when we're losing, they don't want it to, to detract from, I guess we're all supposed to be miserable if the Dodgers are losing. <laughs> that's know, when you do it. <laughs> I Yeah, I take it either way. And I, if you don't want to do it, don't participate, but don't give other people dirty looks or I, I mean, it's fine, right? Still- I think when we are losing, that is the most important time to do something like that Get for loud. the fans, but more importantly for the players. The players, they'll feed off of that. They want to see that the fans are there and they're not just, you know, waiting for something for them to do something good for them to react. No, God, it's great. If you, and like you said, if you don't don't do it. If you don't want to, you can complain about people That's doing the like wave. A lazy one. I do yeah. like I don't get out of my seat, but I throw my hands up <laughs> and I go, Woo! Totally. Even if you got a beer in one hand, it's an arm. Who cares? Right, You're part easy. of it. It's it's so this is listen, this is the Dodgers. This is one of these unique teams and unique cities where it's so familial and it's so fun to be at the stadium because of the people. And I think doing the wave there is just another example of just your brothers and sisters doing something together. Right. Kids, if you don't want to do it, there's, everybody's got that one family member who doesn't want to take take part in something. Fine, don't. That's cool. Uh, but great, do it. I do it. Well, I like your answer. <laughs> I'm taking by Juan's silence that he's not a fan of the wave. 
<laughs> no, I, I I don't have a problem with the wave. I'm just more impressed, Dave, that you took the Mariners back to the Trident days to oh, the yeah. M Trident hat, which like I I like their hat now, but that mm-hmm. M Trident was a sick hat, and this is how I know you are. You were a real fan of that team because you mentioned Spike Owen. Like I imagine, I, 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 you know, I expect you to mention Harold Reynolds. I expect you to mention Alvin Davis. But when you mention Spike Owen, that tells me this is a man who really watched Mariners games. So I, I gotta ask, since you grew up in Seattle, I mean, are you in all Seattle? Like, are you? Were you a Sonics fan? Were you? Uh, are you a Seahawks fan? Like, who are your teams, Dave? Well, first of all, for Spike, because I played shortstop as a kid, so I really latched on to shortstop number seven, Spike Owen, and and he, he wasn't <laughs> amazing, you know. Right. He, was just, he was just a guy that was a great. It was a shortstop. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't remember if he was great or not. But I just I latched on to him, and I really follow. And, and then I I followed him to Boston, and then eventually to Montreal. And then he was uh, managing. I think he was managing a team. In uh, like not Santa Barbara, but some one of these smaller cities in in Southern California or middle uh, mid California, and he was he was managing up and just until recently, but for some reason I don't he he I latched onto him big time, um, but yeah, uh, there are the certain day. players that I feel you can tell you're a baseball head. Uh, like if anybody knows who Dick Schofield is, that to me is like that is somebody who watches a lot of baseball. Sure. So when I hear you say Spike Owen, but. I mean, is baseball, was that your favorite sport, or are you an all-sports guy? Uh, baseball, I think, has always been my number one. Um, British soccer, or however, whatever you wanna, however you want to call it. Um, I'm a big fan of the Barclays Premier League, uh, Liverpool. That's, that's in my blood. I have British parents. My mom's from Liverpool, dad from London. Um, you, you can so, call it by its real name on this show, Dave. Football. You can refer to it as football. Exactly. Great. I'm in. Because I'm in. Here... We give that sport respect, and we call it football. So yes, yeah, can call it yeah, football. it's it's the greatest. And I and I'm the guy who's up at four or five o'clock in the morning, um, you know, putting TV and watching the game live. I have to watch it live. I can't record it. I have to know that it's being played, and other fans in the stadium are watching it at the same time as me. You know, it's I love there's that. some yeah, there's something in that. Watch it. I got to watch it live. Um, but baseball, yeah, it was always my uh, ba- baseball and soccer always number one. I was never really into basketball. I never never got into it. Um, I, you know, now, now I do like right around game one of the playoffs is when I jump on. The <laughs> bit. Um, when you see all the Laker flags come out, right. Everyone's flying their flags and it's impossible to not become, uh, uh interested in it because of the fans, because of the people. It's yes. so, um, LA, there's something that happens in the city when the Lakers are good. And yeah. I don't, I can't put my finger on it because it's, it's, I drive a lot. You drive a lot. Like it's everywhere. It's not in one neighborhood. It's not right by Staples or excuse me, crypto.com. But I see the flags everywhere. I saw a woman this morning at my local dairy. She was probably 80 years old wearing an old 80 style Lakers sweatshirt. Like, I just love that. Like that's something happens to this town when the Lakers are good and, and, and we're now we're even more spoiled because the Dodgers have been good every year. <laughs> yeah, so for those so of you playing at home, let me know if you had local dairy on your bingo card where <laughs> Alicia goes. Uh, I do not have a local dairy. Dave, do you have a local dairy that you go to? No. Wow. I have no local dairy. Whole Foods in Burbank. That's my local dairy, I guess. Dave, you could be a good judge judge of this because I always hear people say this is a Lakers town. And you guys were just talking about how the city changes when the Lakers are in the playoffs. And maybe it's just because baseball is my favorite sport, but I'm just like, whatever, man. The town goes just as crazy when the Dodgers are in the playoffs. And we're talking about the same fans. Everybody who's a Lakers fan is a Dodgers fan. And Dave, you've probably been there. How many times have they shown Clipper fan or a a Clipper player, excuse me, on the big screen at Dodger Stadium and they get booed mercifully? Yeah, a lot. It happens a lot, unfortunately. (laughs) But I think the people who are booing are diehard basketball fans, aren't they? The people that are booing are straight up Laker fans. Because I think anytime any any team of ours is involved in postseason, whether it's you know Clippers, Lakers, Dodgers, um, LAFC, Galaxy, any of these teams, 
um, it's there's a city pride that comes out and you become into your team. You, you, you can call a bandwagon if you like. It's not like that. This is not a like for me. I, I'm into the playoffs right now. I'm into Lakers right now, um, but I'm not a bandwagon Laker fan. I'm not even a basketball fan, but I want L.A. to do well. And that's what it is. I really want for this city. I think it's incredible. And and the fandom between Lakers and, you know, something that people can pick up even going to a Dodger game it, that's different from watching on TV is the 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 people, the atmosphere. And it's very easy to be drawn in to, to want to be a fan uh, because of the people. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So take that all those East Coast Midwest fans who say that the L.A. has no sports fans. I, look, because he's a better man we than love I. Our city. He's a better man than I because I can't root, get myself to root for the Clippers. I can't root for the Galaxia. And I can't root for the Rams because I'm a, I'm a Raiders fan and I hate what American football has done to me. But, I, I mean, I, I get it because there are people that feel the same way that you feel, that they will root for the city. But for me, yeah. L.A. is is the Dodgers and it's yeah. the Lakers. Those, to me, are, are the crucial you know, teams that matter. Yeah. And when I say I root for them, are you saying that? I I don't, I didn't take it that you said we're going to root for them, but I won't, I won't boo them. Like there's a difference. Like I don't, yeah. Well, I'm not a boo bird anyways. You know, my thoughts on booing, like, especially when we boo our own team, don't get me started. But I just, I'm, I cannot cheer for the galaxy and I cannot cheer for The Clippers. In fact, once the Lakers are out, I don't care about basketball yeah. anymore. It's just something when the Lakers are in. That's all I was saying. But yes, I agree. It's not even a rooting thing. Like I'm not on Instagram posting. Yeah, go Lakers, because I know <laughs> I know that that's that's not I'm not done that before. And that would be weird. So I, I watch and I get into it. Am I and I maybe chat with some friends over it and then maybe say, hey, why did that just happen? Why is that a foul or something? But I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, Lakers, um, because I don't feel that is really true and i haven't been there since you know i haven't really earned that right or i don't know maybe that's the wrong way to put it but i'm rooting for them as as excitement for the city that more more so that so so dave now that you are a base we know you're a baseball guy your allegiance now is to the dodgers right the fighting tridents is a thing of the past right (laughs) you are all in on the dodgers first of all thanks for calling it a trident because most people call it a pitchfork yeah, no, that's a trident, do. man. Yeah, they I did call it mythology. I, I know yeah. my mythology. Shout yeah. out to Poseidon, um, baby. <laughs> Poseidon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you had that on your bingo card. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one of my favorite moments in baseball ever, and it's going to be really hard to top, is Griffey's or uh, Edgar Martinez line drive down the left field line to score Griffey from first. First of all, scoring Cora and then Griffey from first in game five against the Yankees. That's one of my favorite moments in baseball ever. And um, it was also probably where my my baseball fandom kind of stopped because at that time I left Seattle and I moved to Idaho to start my radio career. Not a lot to be excited about there sports-wise. And then I moved <laughs> to Portland, Oregon. There was no baseball. So I kind of lost track of baseball for quite a while uh, until I came to L.A. And, uh, you know, and then I moved to Burbank. And, and, you know, Dodger Stadium is right there. And, uh, and then when I got involved – with the Dodgers in 2013, then it's, it's just, you know, there's no stopping it. Um, so what are your thoughts? Do you have this, has this team turned a corner because the way the season started, I know it was a shock to a lot of us Dodger fans because we're not used to this team playing 500. Like this team plays 500 and it's all of a sudden the Dodgers suck. What is the point? Cancel the season. There's no point of going on, but they just came off a perfect homestand of six and zero. They had a winning road trip of four and two. They're in first place now. Have Dave, have I, they turned the corner? I feel like we've seen this movie before, and we see it every year where fans get mad when there's a game. Everybody's angry. Dave Roberts out. Do this. Get rid of this guy. Get rid of that guy. And then the next day, they're like, yeah, best team ever. Dave Roberts is the best. Like, you guys need to just calm the F down. We've seen this movie before. Write it out. Give it a minute. There's 162 games, for God's sakes. I know. (laughs) Game three, they're like, we're done. We need to just. We're done. It's over. (laughs) We need to move the team to Oklahoma. It's like. (laughs) It's it's funny to watch. 
this is why I think he has a hard job because he has to deal with the fan. He has to deal with that irrational fan who is just like, we're not going 162 and oh, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> we're not even trying. But see, that's the beauty of it. What I do is I don't get involved in that side of things. Um, early on, one of my favorite moments at Dodgers, by the way, early on when we did talk about stuff like that on the pregame, we got a note from um, Vince Scully saying, have them not talk so much about stats and stuff. And I'm like, oh, we got told off by Vince Scully. This is amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so we really just don't get that involved in talking about records and percentages and on base percent, all that stuff. It's for us, it's about the fans experience, you know, I, so I don't get in, in, into all that. So fortunately I don't have to deal with those, uh, the, the ups and the downs. Dave, you're you're amongst family, so you can tell us the truth. Vin Scully was a gangster, wasn't he? <laughs> the way he crypt walked into the studio. No. <laughs> he was so sweet. He was so nice. I, I only had a, a few run-ins with him. Not run-ins, that's the wrong word. Um, <laughs> we we're thrown down. No, I, I only saw him a few times. Um, and he was just casually walking around the, the little press room kitchen area, just eating and or hanging out. And he he just He's one of these people, you almost wonder if, the, it's like, do you know you're Vince Scully? Do you have any idea who you are? And that those are the experiences that I have with him. He was just so sweet. Um, but yeah, he's thugging about, for sure. Um, you're so lucky, by the way. The one and only time I met Vince Scully, I didn't get, I didn't ask for a picture because it felt inappropriate. But now yeah. I regret it so much, but. Um, we well, you come off this radio world where you, you know, when, when you're around those artists and, and musicians and stuff, and even people up in the press area, that's a safe space. Right. And so the last thing you want to do is invade that. Right. They, can I get a picture? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When artists come into a radio studio and they walk down the hall, you don't go, Hey, can I get a picture with you? Or can I do it? No. Right. Right. It, it, they, they need to feel safe where they are. And, and that was in my brain. So I didn't, but I wanted one so bad. Oh, um, yeah. Well, but you had an lucky. experience with him. That's way better than a picture. That's a perk of the job, right? Of being a host. That's awesome. What about Fernando? Do you ever get to um, have a run-in with Fernando Valenzuela? I see him all the time. Um, I don't bug him. You know, the common thing is the the nod and and the fist bump. I get a lot of those, and it's and uh, I'm the the child in me, the fifteen year old in me, uh, freaks out when and, and I've created this really good um bond with with Hershiser, you know we and oh, cool. yeah he's great and um he's funny he's he's so funny and uh he, and he's so he's so nice and I've, I've been i've been able to spend a lot of time with him you know at some of these uh fan fest events or these fan experiences where we'll have a lot of downtime in between and, and just chat and stuff and he's just so nice um but I'm just trying so hard to be like, hey, remember that time when you played for the Indians and you shut down the Mariners in the 95 season? <laughs> that, that sucked. Or, you know, and so, uh, but those oh moments, yeah, it's those guys that I really love. And, and I really, you know, at that time it was, I remember when I started, it was like Mattingly and then uh, Tommy and Hershiser and these guys. It's like those guys that are, that are there, not even the guys in the field. I like these guys. I'm just, it's so cool to see these legends like Fernando and, and uh, even Ron Say and, and all these guys that are, that are just walking around casually. It's just, it's so neat to me. So neat. So cool. Uh, yeah. David, because I want to be fair on here, I want you to say something nice about Don Mattingly. Because all of our uh, loyal listeners know I have a strong hatred for Don Mattingly. Because I'm going to be all that stereotypical fan that you just described. I, I didn't think he was a very good manager. And he used hmm. to drive me nuts. I thought the only thing he could do was the double switch. I was like, hey, Don Manningley's doing a double switch. Shocking. Tell me, I, I know Dave Vasse loves Don Manningley and swears by Don Manningley. There's a former Dodger player. I, I'm going to keep it behind uh, closed doors who he is. But I think he agrees with me. But I, I want to give you the floor. What's, why was Don Manningley so well-liked? I couldn't give you any insight into if he's a good manager or a bad manager. I, I, I've never been one. I don't know what that's like. If, <laughs> if, from my view, from a distance, if you're putting the best nine guys on the, on the field, what, what, do you, what can you do at that point? Play good. I don't know. I, that's my <laughs> humble way of looking at being a manager. Um, so I couldn't give you any why I think he's good. Well, like, I mean, my, my memory of Don Mattingly mainly is as, as, you know, as a Yankee, as a player. 
and also a guy that I got severely screwed on when I when I sold somebody my 80, 86 tops <laughs> Mattingly. This guy just he my sister's boyfriend of all people, you know, five bucks for the card. And then later I found out uh, this is like worth like 50. What? So that's my that's my main memory of Mattingly is how I got royally screwed in, in a baseball card trade. Um, but, you know, it wasn't a guy that that I talked to a lot. Um, so I really can't really give much insight on that one. Again, uh, Dave is really showing his true colors in terms of how much of a baseball fan he is, because <laughs> that I felt your pain in getting screwed on the baseball cards, because hey. I, to this day, still remember I had an opportunity to get my hands on a Cal Ripken Jr. rookie card. I was going to trade my Will Clark rookie card to get yeah. my hands on a Cal Ripken Jr. rookie card. And the deal was set, and the guy welched. Jeff Berry, if you're out there, you are a welcher, sir. I don't know if it was someone got into his ear and said, you can't trade that. You can't trade that. But I, I yeah. feel your pain, Dave, when That's you get screwed over him. on a That's baseball it. card. And, uh, yeah. and I'll say this, too. It's actually really nice to, to come on here and talk to you about this because I think they're, they're – and I might be guessing here, but I think some people, when they do look at – what we do on the big screen is, hey, this is just a guy who's trying to get some footage for his reel to try to get some hosting gigs and auditions. But it, it's it's not like that, man. I, I I get it. I love the sport. I love people's passion for it. So being able to come up here, not prove prove myself, but in a way, kind of prove myself um, that I actually get it. And, I, you know, this is cool. This is cool for me. I, I will tell you this, Dave. I never got that impression from you. Uh, I, I am for the most part of the, uh, the Dodger hosts that I've seen on there. I don't get that impression. I feel like those hosts uh, are real Dodger fans and not only mm. Dodger fans, but no. And I know you spoke very glowingly about Jess and Jess knowing her, her stuff. But that is the vibe that I get from you guys is that you guys know what you're doing mm. and that you're just you're trying. It's a it's a reminder that baseball is fun. We're here to have fun, even though we always seem to remember the most horrible moment in sports. Like, you've already listed a few memories. Everybody who listens to, know, to the show knows 1985 NLCS has permanently scarred me. We, this is why I go to therapy. So it, <laughs> instead of focusing on 2020, hey, we won the World Series and stuff like that, it's yeah. always the moments that break my heart are the ones that stick with me. Isn't that funny? We always focus on the negative. I think we all just need therapy. That's really what it is. Well, com coming on here is like therapy a little bit, right? I hope yeah. you enjoyed it and, and got it to We're not done, right? We're still going. This is just the intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we, we let you before we let you go, I, I do want to talk quizzed or something. <laughs> we we do have some of that, but I do uh -oh. I, and I don't know if Alicia wants to get into this too. I, I want to hear about your your radio career because I feel like you've worked for every radio station in Southern California. And I feel <laughs> no, like you three. can you can give us insight into the experience of working behind radio and the fact that, you know, you can move around. You know, I think we're so used to like, hey, you stay at one place for so long. But, yeah, you've only worked for three. It feels like you've worked for more. Yeah. Well, listen, this is I realized I wanted to do radio when I was really young. I, I think I was about 12, maybe 11 or 12. And I'll always remember the moment where I had that epiphany. And it was a, a radio guy in Seattle. Um, named Chet Buchanan, who was, it was a song that was okay that he was coming out of, but he somehow made me connect to that, to that song. And I really focused on, holy crap, the way he made me feel in that moment. And I remember exactly where I was driving. I was driving on a rocky little road in the Valley of Seattle in a city called Algona. And when he played this song and, uh, and I was like, man, he made me just really love that song from what he said. And that's when I got really into interested in radio. And then, you know, I traveled around a little bit, did a year in Idaho, did five years in Portland, back to Seattle for nine months. And then I've been lucky, very lucky, Alicia, as you know, to be in one market for 20 years. It'll yeah. be 20 years next month since I got here. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. Congratulations. Not just, not just any market, Los Angeles, which yes. is the car capital of the world. Like New York always gets, you know, the market number one. But truly, when you count how many people are still in their cars, it's radio is number one in L.A. It just is. Yeah. And I don't care. I'll fight you. So no, that's, <laughs> they're number one by census because of population. But it's funny right. to see how many air check uh, tapes and demos would come across the table from new york to to work in la so yeah it's it's all it's, i think once you get top 10 it doesn't really matter but 
Um, it's so different now from, so basically Dave did it the right way. Like you put your time in, you learn your craft, you go to a smaller market, you pay your dues. And the yeah. goal is to get to a large market like Los Angeles. The Mecca would be Los Angeles, New York. You yeah. get paid more. You, you have a bunch of like the best are working with you because they've all come from somewhere else. It's the majors. It's the major it's leagues. Majors, right. The Dodgers. And, yeah. And so I, I met Dave at, was it my, was I with Kiss FM? Yeah. Yes. I think you were involved with the D's, the Rick D's show. Rick still, D's. Right? Yeah, yeah. The morning show. Um, but there June I am 2003. sneaking around to the sports. The, the H floor had a different, like, and you know, we were Kiss FM pop and everything was great, but I was like, I want to go down to where, you know, the sports is and all that. And then you were down there with Dave Weiss. Is that how it happened? Or is it vice versa? No, I was on that. I was on that floor, the eighth floor of that Warner building in Burbank. Um, I think the eighth floor. Yeah. And it was, it was sports. So see, go figure while me hanging around sports, even though I literally (laughs) work for Rick D's. (laughs) I would walk around the hall because honestly, I had nowhere else to go because I was only doing weekends (laughs) at Kiss at the time. I was hired for weekends and I moved down for for that and, uh, and it turned into more. But, um, but yeah, moving around and I've kind of always realized that I'm going to have to put myself first. So I probably, it's probably the reason why marriage and kids was never my happily ever after. I wanted to know, I knew that I'm going to have to pick up and move to Portland, Maine or Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. And I need all my choices and decisions to only affect me. Um, it's not a great argument to use now since I've been here for 20 years. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. So I was, at, I was at Kiss FM for 11 years. Um, and then I went down the hall, uh, just literally a few feet away at, at 104.3. And then I left there last year. And then uh, as of yesterday was my very first time on the air at K-Earth 101, which I'm super excited about. So uh, yeah. oh, congratulations. Thank you. And so, so I love K-Earth because all it does is play 80s music now. So when I was Amazing. a kid, it used to play 50s and 60s. So now yeah. I'm a little conflicted that yeah. K-Earth plays 80s music. But Dude, it's they, and they're leaning, they're leaning into the 90s music a little bit more, too. I played No, no. Diggity. I played crisscross <laughs> jump last night, and this isn't stuff that I chose. This was in the playlist. We went from Pat Benatar to crisscross jump, and <laughs> but I had the same feeling as you, and it's like f you. This is not oldies. <laughs> this is I played these songs when they were new, right? Uh, but man, it's it's so fun. I'm so excited for the new challenge. But and, but but yeah, no, this is only the third station I've been in in, in 20 years. So really, most. So so stations. when when can we hear you on K Earth? Great question, because I'm just doing part time and fill in, so I'm just kind of going to okay. be uh, all over the all over the place. Um, all right, yeah, wherever I, they I want. I saw me. that you were on. Was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? Yeah, last night, I, the first. Yeah, okay, it was yesterday, and I saw it, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm not in my car anymore," but I saw it on your socials. So yeah, yeah. For our followers and our listeners, um, uh, you follow you on Instagram, and Dave. you will post yeah. when you're going to be. Yeah, follow Dave Styles. My apologies. <laughs> Assuming everything's visual, my bad. Um, follow yeah. Dave Styles on Instagram, and you will let us know when we can catch you. Correct? Yeah, and you know what? It's funny. I, I sat in my first um, programming meeting a couple of days ago at K Earth, and they had just talked about how they did a Cinco Cinco de Mayo broadcast at a at a restaurant here, and uh, and they talked about how it was great because it's not the way radio has kind of become where it's like, Hey, we're going to do this event. Come to us. K earth was like, you know what? We're part of the city. Let's go to them. And they talked about how great the audience was. And everybody seemed to be wearing either a Lakers hat or a Dodgers hat. And it was, it was LA and it comes back to what we we're saying earlier. And that's why being at, even at this station, it's like, it's, it's part of LA man. it's just, it's, yeah. and it's, and it has been for a long time and they get that, that old school We're let's be part of the city. Let's, let's figure out a way to get into your lives instead of you coming to our lives. Um, but yeah, they talked about, I was just Dodger hats everywhere and Laker stuff. Sorry, Clipper fans. I, I, you know, <laughs> I don't really have an allegiance to either, but I get it. Right. Okay. I don't, I don't hate the Clippers and I, I don't hate the angels. And I know Dodger fans get upset with me and Laker fans get upset, but I'm like, there are other teams that really have put the hurt on my teams and I don't include the angels nor the Clippers. So <laughs> no. until they do something, like I don't, I don't even give them any mind. It, there are other teams that I loathe. And I was going to get into that with you. Like, okay, come on, Dave, who are the well, worst fans that come to Dodger stadium, but let's keep it. Pe- we're going to keep it upbeat. We're going to keep it up. Like <laughs> positive. Um, <laughs> I know who I think they are. <laughs> hey, if you want to answer that, Dave, you, by all means, you go. <laughs> I, 
I don't have a God. I wish I had one. Um, I think the the best the bet here. This is kind of a weird answer, but the best fans that come from another team are, I think, the Cubs fans. And the reason why is because there's a lot of them, but they wear blue. So it looks like <laughs> it's all Dodger fans. Like right. when the Cardinals fans come to town, it's it's it kind of messes with us. But, you know, I haven't had any or seen really a lot of specific experiences with bad fans. Um, so I, I don't even have a, a cool, sexy answer for that. <laughs> well, uh, Dave, I'm getting the sign. Now, you don't got to go home, but we got to get the hell out of here. So we're going <laughs> to wrap up the show the way we always wrap up the show. So this show is a Dodger-centric podcast. So we're about the Dodgers, but yeah. we're also about L.A. And, and we're about La Cultura. So we have this segment that we call our kickback questions. So these are rapid fire questions. But if you want to take longer to give your answer, by all means, take it. Are these um, like trivia questions, like testing my knowledge? Because I'm ready for no, that. Throw a couple at no, me. I'm ready. No, I'm no, ready for that. No, that, I was looking these, forward to flexing some of that. Th these these are all fun. The details uh, on Piazza's home run. Yeah, I could tell you. It was uh, against the Rockies. It was a it was one out, two strikes, 478 feet. What what else do you want to know? I was I came in ready to flex. Started. If, if you want if you want to drop those nuggets when you give us the answers, by all means, do Great. it. Okay. Uh, but now being that you. You you come from Trident country. What was to you the most surprising thing that you discovered about Los Angeles uh, that you just were not expecting? Um, I, I think it's probably a common answer. But when I got the job in L.A., stations in Burbank, I had my heart set on living in Huntington Beach and commuting to Burbank every day to be on the air until I came down and I went, hang on. <laughs> it's like it's been four hours and i'm still not to burbank yet so i think the the, this, the sheer distance um was obviously obviously that um it's it's and it's not what you see in the movies venice beach it's you know not a great it's a little sketch down there it's not what you not what all my friends they're like hey take me to venice beach it's so cool it's like that's no, not <laughs> you can either buy incense or coke one of those whichever one you want <laughs> so i'm I mean, assuming you're not a weightlifter nor a skateboarder. Is that what you're telling yeah, me, right. Dave? Exactly. No, but it's um I you know, I didn't know what to expect. I was I was terrified. Um, but I was, you know, I think I was more just terrified about the fact that I'm moving to a big city like this alone, not knowing anybody. So I think that was my focus. And I mean, there's still places now after being here for 20 years that I've never been. And that, that's all I try to do now. Let me go some, let me go see something. Let me take a left. Let me go up to Oxnard. Let me go hang out at Point Magoo and watch the Navy. Uh, jets fly in and out and go hit all those little farms so yeah you can never stop discovering things i think around here uh next next question uh on this show we are big wrestling fans so we need to know were you ever a fan of the male oh, soap opera or are you or do you poo poo it and are you above no. it oh my you god think good for wrestling i had my career planned out in my head i was going to be a wrestler and then <laughs> become a commentator when i was too old this is old school this is um when the heart foundation were wearing blue and black. Oh, they weren't even wow. wearing pink yet um my yes die hard that was bobby the brain heenan uh the two-hour special on usa network demolition the rougeau brothers mr perfect wow. uh you know wrestlemania 2 just that's about when i came in just after wrestlemania 2 so wrestlemania 3 was my big first excitement um uh, and I'll, I'll even tell you my favorite match of all time. Do it, I don't do think it. it can ever get better. And you're going to have to go on YouTube to find it. Um, it was Bret Hart, old school, blue and black versus Dynamite Kid. Lord Alfred Hayes was the announcer, I think, with uh, Gorilla Monsoon. Wow. Best match ever. And, and then that, that match followed with, with Anvil versus Davy Boy. But that, for me, is my favorite match of all time. I can watch it over and over again. All right, I think it's official. Dave has been the greatest guest we have ever had on this show. Let, let me I tell went you, to matches, man. In Seattle, I used to go to uh, the Saturday night main events whenever we got them, like the old, the, the famous when uh, when Honky Tonk Man hit hit um, Macho Man with the guitar over the head after he pushed Elizabeth <laughs> out of the way. That whole feud, and it became Macho Man versus Bret Hart for that main event. And I was at that with Jesse Ventura and all. It was so cool. Yeah. Let me oh, tell you. Oh, you got me excited now. We should have led with this. <laughs> when the when the princess of Picolandia joined the show, 
She, I don't think she knew what she was getting herself into because she did not know anything about wrestling. And by the way, Dave, you gave the right answer because it is about the golden era. I mean, the, the, the attitude era was fun and all that stuff, but the right answer is, is the golden era. So I, I love that you mentioned the Hart Foundation in the blues. Yeah. Um, we really need to school you, Princesa, on how great the Dynamite Kid and the I British Bulldogs it. were. That rivalry between the Hart Foundation and the British Bulldogs. And now for you listeners or viewers, we have officially met our wrestling quota for the show. We tried <laughs> to mention at least wrestling once. We have, Dave, we have listeners that are demand we talk wrestling and get upset. Do. When we don't talk about wrestling. So thank Bring you. For I'm ready to talk about that stuff. And you know what's interesting now with access to the internet and YouTube <laughs> and all this stuff, and, and then le learning now about how, you know, Brett and Dynamite, they knew each other coming up and yeah. how Vince McMahon, as a kid, if I would have known that Vince McMahon was actually the boss, yes. I had no idea. I thought this guy was just an amazing guy with amazing confidence that I wish I had that just brought everything to life. I never knew he was the boss when I was a little kid. Never even thought of it. All right. We need to have you back one day because we're going to devote, I think, a whole hour of how great Bobby the Brain Heenan was. Uh, <laughs> Genius. Because of Bobby the Brain Heenan, I refer to people as ham and eggers, you know, and, and the, the humanoids. Yeah, he's the original like people people like Chris Farley who are these these actors who fall over and get thrown over stuff. Bobby was I think the OG of that. This guy <laughs> got thrown around out of the ring. He was hilarious his little one-liner jabs, slightly inappropriate. USA primetime wrestling with him and, and Gorilla Monsoon was the greatest. There we go. Oh, this has been so great. Uh last one Dave. Um we you know, we're about the Dodgers, we're about La Cultura. But we also are about tacos. We love tacos on the Bleed Los podcast. So now that you've been here for 20 years, we need to know what is your favorite taco and where do you go in the city to get that taco? Um, God, this is an awful, awful answer. I, I try to make some at home myself. I need to get out there more and experience that stuff. Um, well, yeah. thanks, Dave. Thanks for being on the show. At least we have your wrestling answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm at home. And you know why? And I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the, the What's your sad favorite Mexican to... restaurant? Maybe you don't get tacos at your favorite Mexican restaurant. That could save you. Like, are I you just a have to... mega guy? Are you a... Uh, listen, I I'm I'm super cautious on where I eat out, and that's mainly because um I have an underactive thyroid, so I have to be kind of careful in, in, in what I eat. So I think for that, I, I eat at home. Okay, now I'm an asshole. Otherwise, now I'm an asshole. How about that? I get it. I'll own some, that one, Dave. Let me make it medical, and now everybody will forgive <laughs> yeah. me. But I, but I think I'm ready to 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 expand a little bit. And I know uh, Dodger Stadium this season or last season actually really really started to open that up with Taco Tuesday. Why are they? Shouldn't that have been going on for a long time? By the way. Um, hey, look, I don't want to get you in trouble with your boss because I know that Princesa de Picolandia has. Has some thoughts. So, Princesa, do you want to? Okay, I would love to hear go them. There? No, no, no. They are they are not like that. They uh, Dodgers. The people who are up there are are so excited to uh, to to have these conversations, and it's important. They know the importance of it to get thoughts, and I mean that's it's who it's for. So you have to ask these questions and get these get these thoughts and feedback. Oh, um, it's like so two thousand and late in my book, but um, lights. You know, better than never. Yeah, <laughs> and they still have a ways to go. I still think that we need more representation in the front office, and in uh, people making the decisions that affect seventy five percent of the fan base that fills up that stadium every night. But hmm. didn't I say we were going to keep this on a positive note? <laughs> Dang it! I'm so I wish I had more to add to that. I don't know. On wrestling, <laughs> we, we, we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll end with Dave's answer on wrestling. But anyway, Dave. <laughs> This has been. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. I I'm, I'm I hope that our listeners now, whenever you guys see Dave at Dodger Stadium walking around doing pregame, throw some WWF references at him, you know, yes. and let him know you heard him on the Bleed Lows podcast. There you go. This is fun, man. Thanks for having Stay me. Stay away on. from his mic. <laughs> uh, Dave, where can our listeners, our viewers, follow you on the social media? I'm just everywhere. Uh, Dave Styles everywhere. Um, Dave yeah, Styles. Instagram. I'm not really on TikTok a lot. My MySpace I don't think is working anymore. It's mainly just uh, Instagram. 
I know. I'm dating from a friendster. He said nice, um, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it, pretty much Instagram is is where I do everything. Just mainly stories. A lot of smart ass little comments. I love it. I a lot love, of I you know what? It. And and this is the thing I really enjoy doing on social media as well. I think it's important knowing that um like like you said alicia that i i am fortunate to have access to these areas at the stadium and it's i get so giddy and so into showing those kind of things like on instagram like on my stories i i get up get back there with Dieter role playing the organ or how it's all this stuff for this the big screen is done and todd lights and all this kind of I, I love showing that kind of access that people maybe don't have uh the ability to get to so that's that's the I kind of crap that you love that i, I love that yeah, behind the scenes huge 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 yeah, I love. I get I get nerded out by that. <laughs> well, Even the guy who's pressing ball and strike for the for the big screen, <laughs> it's it's literally a keyboard. It's with balls. I'm like, that's so cool to me. <laughs> well, there you have it. Uh, once again, thank you very much to Dave Styles for joining us. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Bleed Lows podcast. Uh, yo ha sido su servidor Juan Ramirez de parte de mi colega Alicia Del Valle. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.